and welcome to a brand new edition of NFL Only Better. I'm joined by John Bath and by Mike Carlson. Hello, gentlemen. Mike is what are you doing? Trying to get trying to let some sunshine in. <laughs> I didn't know. I'll tell you what. Yeah, come on, I'll tell you what, the YouTube version last week, I played it for someone. I was like, look, we're on YouTube now. And they said, Why do you look so evil in it? Because obviously it was it was dark and I had to use a light. I don't have one of those glow ring things I really need to get to make myself look better. It's a big thing. All right, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Anywho, let's get yeah. back to the NFL. Meanwhile, from my wonderfully lit living room here. You do yeah. great. Yeah. Well, Mike good, has you? the best because uh, I'm told you should put um natural light in front of you. Mike, you have it to the side, obviously, but yeah. any sort of natural light. I yeah, to put it in front of me, I'd have to be hanging out the window. That probably well, well work. we can work on that for next week. <laughs> yeah. Look, let's let's what we want you to do is just reconfigure the room to suit us for, for an hour a week. Um, my feng my feng shui would get a lot better, probably as well. It would. It would. It would. Um the one piece of conversation before we kind of we kind of discussed what we'd like to talk about every week uh, before we go into the games that we'll have a skew on this week's games. Uh, so we've talked about low point scoring and, and uh, bad football, as we said, bad coaching, etc. But I guess the standout kind of feature this week, Mike, is um, the the older and as our old age correspondent, you'll be able to uh, report very keenly on this. The um, plethora, shall we say, of older QBs who are not performing well. So Matt Ryan's been benched by Indy. Supposedly he'll never take another snap again. Tom Brady, I don't know, one season too long, possibly for the greatest quarterback of all time. Who knows? He, I mean, he could still, you know, go on a streak. But right now they look very, very poor. I mean, they look terrible at the weekend. And Aaron Rodgers, and we just just literally before we came in there, just spoke about doing exactly what we knew he would do when things are starting to go poor. <laughs> he literally just throws everyone else under the bus. Let me be honest about this. <laughs> he can't catch. He can't block. <laughs> he can't run. He can't okay, call plays. Um, that guy was maybe it's, it's a real team problem. We're all we're all to blame for this. Yeah, except me, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, he misses Nathaniel Hackett. Um, <laughs> someone described Nathaniel Hackett this week as being like his personal uh, worry ball or something like that. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think uh, Denver's loss is sorry. No, it's not. Doesn't work like that. Is Denver's loss is Green Bay's loss or something like that? <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, I, I think Rodgers has a real problem in that there there aren't many alternatives to what they're to what they're doing because they don't seem to be able to get onto the the right page either with the running game which i think a couple of weeks ago said that's what they should be concentrating on you know going with pony formations with two backs in the backfield at the same time you know because that that's obviously where their their biggest um threats are aaron jones in particular but also aj dillon green bay you always i'm sorry uh, tampa bay you always get the sense that they could turn it around but the juju and I don't mean Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, the Juju is pretty bad against Brady because he just appears to have made life, life-wise the wrong decisions at the wrong time, just trying to go for that one more. And you, you understand his competitive juices. But, you know, if Mike Evans catches a pass that he normally would catch, um, although he did get away with just kind of <laughs> crashing into the defensive back and knock him over, which is why he was so open. Um, you know, if Goodwin were 100%, if they could finally figure out somebody to put in the slot, maybe and give him another option. You know, the, you get the sense that Tampa could make things happen. Their defense is what really worried me, worries me. Um, and whether that's because Todd Bowles isn't paying as much attention to the defense, you know, or, or whether they miss Bruce Arians just in the sense of being the big daddy on the other side of the ball. Um, I, I don't know, but the defense all of a sudden looks very tired out there. Uh, their front is not getting it done because they need to give the, the secondary more help. And in, in the case of Matt Ryan, it's like, you know, it's kind of like when Philip Rivers was there, only worse. You, know, you get the sense that Ryan knows what to do, what he wants to do, but he just can't do it. You know, his his arms not as strong as it was. He's got zero mobility and their line, which is, I think, I read somewhere that's what they promised him. I think it was to ever um it was Frank Reich taking the blame, unlike Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, we said to Matt, come come to us. We've got a great offensive line, we got a great running game, it'll be easy for you. And of course, their offensive line is 
injuries and, and various other things is not very good. Jonathan Taylor's been hurt. They've got no running game, even when he was back this week. And, and so, you know, Ryan's back in a familiar situation for him, trying to throw the ball 50 times on a team that's not very good. John, uh, I'll move to you on this. Um, I saw a tweet the other day. Has one retirement ever screwed up a franchise as much as Andrew Luck's retirement screwed up the Colts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, every year, we're told, we're told every year they have a friendly knock on the door phone call. I don't know if it happened this offseason, previous offseasons, just to ask about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you feel Still a young man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, would he, I, I mean, I think there was a feeling for a time that he would come back. I think that has now kind of evaporated mm. to the point that most people believe he won't ever take a snap in the NFL. But I thought, John, t- take it from there. Are, are you surprised that the Colts have kind of hung them out to dry so early? I suppose I am. Um, I did. I, I remember when that move was made in the offseason, Matt Ryan to the to the Colts. I thought that hey, that's a pretty good. Like he's that's a, that's that's a, that's a Colts quarterback. Do, do you know what I mean? That's yep. that's the way they've been going in the post look era. I suppose if you look at uh, Philip Rivers before him and stuff. I do think though as well that. I was only uh, reflecting on this yesterday, as a matter of fact. I think that they'd st- there would be a scenario where Philip Rivers could still be doing a job there in Indy. I mean, obviously, he's retired and he, he called time on this thing. But, like, I think if both sides express some sort of interest in continuing that for another year, uh, I think that, you know, that could have been a reasonable scenario to go down. And the other thing I was thinking about this when we were sort of preparing is that, you know, obviously with, you know, Brady and Rodgers and Ryan, and even to a lesser extent, I suppose, Russell Wilson, who's like, you know, who's getting on. I think the the idea of, of Tom Brady now playing in, you know, at age 45, heading towards 46, that has inflated what the majority of people think the, the ceiling, the age ceiling for a quarterback can be, do you know? Like, it, it's a, it is absurd that Brady is there, out there playing well at 45, or at least 44, do you know what I mean? He was, he was fantastic last season. So therefore, we sort of get surprised when, you know, you have whatever, whatever however old Matt Ryan is, 37 odd or something like that, when, when he's kind of, when he falls off a little bit, when you have 36-year-old Russell Wilson falling off a little bit, and, and Aaron Rodgers, who I think is 38, is, is coming down in form as well, all of a sudden we're surprised that that's the age the quarterbacks should be kind of starting to suffer in, the, in, their, uh, in their play style, I think. So, you know, I think we are seeing the struggles, but it's... I think there are, are the element of surprise being expressed on shows like this and in the media is perhaps a little bit over yeah. the top because this is how it's supposed to look with you know athletes reaching the twilight of, twilights of their careers. You could throw Matt Stafford into that group as well. Yeah, exactly, Stafford, yeah. And, Stafford and Ryan are basically contemporaries. Yeah, um, and, and ne- never was it more laid bare than particularly with Brady and, and Rogers last weekend losing to teams uh, with XFL quarterbacks with PJ Walker and <laughs> Taylor Heineke. You know, that's... That's a very, very stark contrast. Of how those, you how leave those the Rocks XFL out of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor Haneke, the thing is, what was the diff? What's the difference between him and Carson Wentz at this point? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. although Carson Wentz still has a much better arm, you know, and, and can do more things. But you saw Haneke a couple of times in that game being hit. You know, throwing bad balls off his back foot, kind of looping, looping balls with no juice on them, but getting them to the receiver, you know, which was Terry McLaurin in virtually every every instance. And, you know, so maybe Wentz, you know, they could trade him back to Indianapolis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, With Green Bay as well, the one thing I just wanted to point out that they'd started under in the Matt LaFleur era, which has been going on. I think we're in the fourth season of that at the moment, if memory serves. All the other years, the, the most they've won 13 games every other season under LaFleur. I think they went 13 and 3, 13 and 3, and then last season 13 and 4 with the extra game going on there. They've already lost four games this season. So, I mean, I, I just think it's not looking particularly fantastic in, in, in Green Bay, obviously. And you can point to the loss of Devontae Adams, who was, you know, he was by far Aaron Rodgers' biggest receiver and his, his most dependable, you know, security blanket, I suppose, is, is the phrase. And I think if you remember in week one, I can't actually remember what's talking about who Green Bay were playing, but Rogers put that pass down the right hand side for Christian Watson, the uh, the rookie. First that, first play of the season. First play of the season, yeah. And it, it was a long play. It was like a, a you know 40, 50 yard pass, I imagine. And Watson just kind of muffed it there. Like it was a decent pass. I, I can't remember. I, I think it he just, just dropped it. It was just like Mike Evans. It was an easy one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there you go. And it's like, okay, Aaron, you do not have Devontae Adams. And, and what's his name? Know? The other Rodgers did that to him this week. Amari, this past yeah. week. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, same thing down the sidelines, balls perfectly put in. He catches it and drops it. Yeah, exactly. So you can, you can blame the quarterbacks, but also at the same time, 
you have to understand that their situations are different. I'm sorry, I'm laboring the point here, but even with Brady, he's, he doesn't have Arians coaching him anymore. He doesn't have Gronk, who even the older version of Gronk was a very dependable receiver for him. So things have changed, but at the same time, they need to these quarterbacks need to adapt a little bit better than they're showing. Yeah, Brady's body shape has changed. I, I know people have said it on Twitter and people have sort of made fun of him about whatever diet he seems to be on, but he, he looks very, very skinny right now as well. Yeah. Um, like, and his face looks his looks face like looks very very skinny. Yeah. I know, I know he doesn't listen to the show. So it's not, even though he takes Wednesdays <laughs> off when we release, which to me is suspicious. But yeah, I'll tell Giselle to have him take a listen. Well, this I'm week. just saying, Tom, why don't you like have a donut or I don't know something? You know, like, just just chill out. You've had enough. I, I very quickly before we move on from this, then it's it's one of these questions. It's kind of annoying, but hey, we're we're annoying. Who's who's the best QB in the league right now? Then Patrick if, Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes. It's, yeah. Mahomes, it's Mahomes and Allen. You can kind of toss a coin sometimes week by week, but it's those two. Yeah, I mean, Allen offers you the rushing, you know, the rushing option more than Mahomes does. But I think Mahomes, yeah. you know, offers you more in the pass game. And I thought the, I mean, that was that was the Kansas City San Francisco game was actually a very good game. Unusually for this season, you know, usually both, Sky didn't show it. Yeah, but, that was very weird, you know. But you know, it had both scoring and a good game, you know, yeah. um, tactically, and. Um, I, I think you just saw what, what Mahomes and Andy Reid can do. And Reid's been kind of fiddling around and stuff, but all of a sudden they kind of started to get the formula right for him to, to replace Tyreek Hill, you know, just accept, okay, we don't have the over-the-top option, but we've got this, that, and the other. And, and you know, and when MVS caught that long ball, you thought this is what they should, you know, they, not like Hill where he's in every, every down threat, but – you know, teams are not going to be playing you in two deep zones. So a guy like him should be able to get a couple of receptions deep um, per game. You know, I thought they mixed the ball up really well. Hardman obviously made a couple of big plays um, in that kind of Tyreek Hill jet sweep role. Um, And that was it. I mean, other than that, after those two guys, if you now take Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady out of the mix, you're left with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Um you know, who Burrow seems to be coming back into form, although Chase might be gone, which which um, will hurt him if that hamstring is, is a bad injury. Um, and uh, Herbert's got no no help around him, basically. So, you know, but th- those are the four. You know, who, who else who else even threatens to be in that mix? Um, well, I think Eagles fans might have something to say about that, possibly. Jalen Hurts? Geno Smith? Gino, actually, actually, that's a good point. Gino's Gino has played very, very well this season. We're not saying of like of all time, like or, or yeah. any other. We're talking about right now. And Gino's like Gino's yeah. like an object lesson of what happens when you take a quarterback and put him on a bad team throughout, you know, throughout his career, and then one bad team after another. Um, that's not to necessarily say Green Bay is a great. Sorry, um, Seattle is 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 a great team, but. Yeah, um, they've got they've got they've still got you know they've got he's got DK Metcalf. Obviously, we don't know what the the injury was at the weekend. Maybe he just needed to poo again, which is what he was carried <laughs> off before. Uh, obviously, Tyler Lockett. We've they've they've got him there. Um, lots and lots of bullets in the gun. I, I want to quickly while, while we're talking um, Super Bowl odds. Buffalo Bills five to two, as you would expect, have come in for lots of support. That's that, that's a real drop in price since we did our season preview, oh, that's a good uh, price and already. and uh, even from when we uh, when they lost a couple of games and they moved, Eagles eleven to two second favorites now. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs thirteen to two now. It's fourteens bar right. So that that makes sense. I mean, no. uh, you know, it's funny, yeah. isn't it? But it makes sense. So they're they're the three really right, and then outside that, like he can get really big figures. But included in some of that fourteen to one are teams like the Minnesota Vikings uh, for one. one. Yeah. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, 40, 14 to 1. Vikings, 14 to 1. Tampa Bay, 14 to 1. Ravens, 16. Dallas sneaking up there, 16s, and it's 20s bar. Obviously, that means you've got teams like the Packers are now 25s, who would have been quite fancied. Um, John, 80 to 1 about the Browns, who, I, I mean... How much? 18? 80. 18. Oh, okay, there you go. That's <laughs> 18 to 1 would be absurd. Um, <laughs> that, 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 obviously, I'll give oh, you... Oh, John's, John's you, getting up. I can I'll see him. He's, he's reaching for his phone to get that money down. I'll give you one minute to be annoyed. Obviously, you've got to be annoyed at the call. Um, it was one of two calls, by the way. At what, the on, on, um, on the Browns? All starts. 
Yeah, it was. An, I've, no, I've, I've seen that broken down. I've seen that slow mode from various different angles. You know, it, I think perhaps it might have been a legit call. I, I, I well, I don't think it was. I got yeah, to say, I don't think it was. And I the one in Seattle if, was even if, worse. If it was a legit call, the referees called the wrong number because there are things you can look at in super slow motion. You know, like, oh, that guy kind of moved a small bit. But the way the referees on field described the call was incorrect, just flatly, I think. So at the same, yeah, it was it was a bit of a rubbish call, but I think, you know. I, well, they were too busy wondering about who I'm they were used to get these things at the moment. The, yeah. one on, the one on Cooper was a, a legitimate call. But you don't often see it in mm. in nowadays because th this season people talk about why the points are down. I, I saw a breakdown that said defensive pass interference is down by like almost half this season in terms of yardage it's cost teams, and and that would definitely lower scoring if, yeah. if you. But you know because every time you see one of these plays. And the announcers inevitably, and even even the refereeing um, analysts like Steratori and Pereira, and all, you know, kind of say, "Well, they were hand fighting." And and as I've been arguing for years, hand fighting is not legal, <laughs> <laughs> and it give, it gives an advantage to the defender, obviously, yeah. because you you have to the defender doesn't have to catch the ball, but the receiver does, so he needs to have his hands to yeah, yeah, to be yeah. able to catch the ball. That's right. The Cooper one was unfortunate, but like, yeah, yeah, I mean, pretty much you know, correct. The false yeah, start one from the kick was was a little more contentious, I think, and I think nine times out of ten that that would be snapped to that. Well, anybody well here, Harbaugh was arguing it was the snapper. Yeah, I mean, there's. I also heard a, a somebody, a coach, talking. I can't remember who it was now, but they were commenting on that, and they were saying that's. The way that the snapper moved the ball with his hand, that happens literally every NFL snap. Yeah. It's just him getting the ball ready to snap it. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of twirl it a little bit before yeah. they snap it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we again, gotta... that's one of those things where you let guys do that kind of stuff. You let linemen jump up and down and point, yeah. and, you know, right up to the moment of the snap, just about. There's no no real set moment. And then and then you call it when you want to for reasons that you know no one explains. Um long time and friend of the show. Uh, Sean Bodie uh, sent us in this from his uh, Twitter handle, I heart Derek Jeter. Uh, only uh, <laughs> one, only one of week eight games have uh, both teams having a winning record. Now, John, you already know it. I know who this is, Mike. Do you know off the top of your head? Will you be able to? He's looking at the look schedule. Through, though. I'm looking. looking. Absolutely. Only I'm one. looking. The only no, the, the only one I could guess off the top of my head was the Giants in Seattle. It is in, the Giants in Seattle. In, That's why in, we pay him the big bucks. Improbable <laughs> as it is, but then now I'm looking down to see who, who the other one is. That's this. Uh, it, only it's only one. Just that. That's the only one. That oh, the that's only the only one. one. Oh, yeah, I thought you said sorry. there were two. No, no only one. Uh, and let's get to those games. Will we start with Thursday night football, guys. Baltimore Ravens. If you hadn't told me that, I'd still be looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way to, good way to shut Mike up on the show. Just hey, give him a task. Hey, Mike. <laughs> uh, the Ravens are seventeen to twenty. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are an eve money to win at home. Uh, one and a half points is spread. Forty-five point five is the over/under. I can tell you that Tom Brady is five and one against the spread as an underdog with the books, including three and zero oh against the spread as a home dog. So statistically right brady at home if he's you know um underdog wins or covers at least so well how often is he an underdog at home though well three and three three and oh he is i think i think the new england line is pretty much the same i think if you go back he's something like 10 and 2 as yeah. a whole as a home dog career uh, how do we see this one go though? So seventy to twenty about the Ravens, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are even money. I think this is it's a, a really yeah. tough one. I'll go to you first, John. But it, this yeah. is a tough game to call, isn't it? It's a it's a tough one. Yeah, no, it certainly is. These are it's particularly given what we've just discussed at the top of the show about how Tampa Bay are performing at the moment and, and whether or not Brady still has his, his juju, as Mike would say. But uh, is this a good like this is a an interesting opportunity for them? I think. Given the fact that, like you said, here in the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at home, that's going to help. That'll that will traditionally always helps throughout Tom Brady's career. But the the Ravens team, I still find them pretty difficult to figure out this season because they're clearly a good team, and Lamar Jackson is clearly a very good, a very very good quarterback. But they're still quite beatable. I, I find like they they were they were fortunate to beat the Browns last week, and that's with the Browns kind of self sabotaging themselves at every possible opportunity. They still they still won by three points. They squeaked it out. You know there was a kick to to level the game to bring it to overtime with the at the very very end. So they're they are an eminently beatable team, even with their you know their injury woes are seeming to to get a little bit better. 
now with the Buccaneers, I don't know, did you guys see that clip? It was floating around social media of, of Brady sort of berating his offensive line. Uh, you know, oh, that yeah, that's from week six. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's been continuing. So that's 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 not helping uh, what's going do- going on down there in Tampa Bay. They're getting. It seems, from my perspective at least, that the um, the Buccaneers are receiving a lot of pressure down the middle, and I think somebody like Calais Campbell might, you know, perform very very well against this this Buccaneers front. So this is a tricky game. I think Lamar is. In terms of quarterbacks now, we're not talking about all time. In terms of quarterbacks now, Lamar Jackson is a better player than Tom Brady. So with that, I think that's enough for Baltimore. To, I'd take Baltimore on the handicap on this one. But I think that this is a good opportunity for the Buccaneers to sort of steady the ship. Again, they could get a win at home here against a big-name team with a big-name quarterback. And then all of a sudden, you know, come Monday morning, or come Friday morning, I suppose, things are looking a lot rosier for them with for them and their playoff hopes. Are the, are the Bucs still getting a point and a half? Yeah. Yeah, and and we should have put Lamar. Lamar's probably the fifth best quarterback. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to judge exactly how good or not he is because of the way that they use him and 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 the difficulty they have in using him as a passer, and that's part of the problem in, in this game. Um, the Bucks haven't been good against the run, and Baltimore is a running team. That, that's how you know. That's how they want to beat you. Baltimore, on the other hand, we know that what they'll be doing is just trying to rush Brady, but the secondary for all the big names and stuff hasn't actually held up that well. Um, but John hit the nail on the head. You analyze and analyze the game, and then you watch Buffalo work, in the John. last the, la- the last ten minutes of a game. They try to give it away. I mean, you know, almost inevitably, uh, weird stuff, weird things happen. The Justice Hill fumble, you know, yeah. this past week. Uh, so. Yeah, this I, this to me is the game where if it's close, Tom Brady can pull it out if he's Tom Brady. So it tells us a lot more. I don't think I'd want to be picking this. You know, it, when I looked at all the all the options, you know, you know, for betting it, I might go. You know, I, I can't even decide to go over under on forty five and a half points. That's okay. That's okay. You know, we can say we, you know, we 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 promote safer gambling all the time on on this show. And if you don't have a massive opinion on a game, you shouldn't be just jumping in because you can. You know, you, you we've we've lots of games that we can cover. So um, if it's no yeah. bet, Mike, it's no bet. I think I'll skip. I'd, I'd skip this one basically. Fine. But you know, hold a gun to my head, I'd probably no. go Tampa, and then you know, you could bury me on Monday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, it's why it's why we moved the show to to move away from Sky Games for Red Zone, so we didn't have to concentrate on games that you guys you know weren't comfortable giving a massive opinion on. And it should be noted we are now moving to those games. Um, I, I guess I guess it's worth noting. Obviously, the game started five o'clock this week in terms of yeah. the the normal games. Um, obviously, because the clocks go back. Something I really dislike here. Uh, but anyway, we'll get into that in another show. It's also worth mentioning that we have uh, the last of the the London games, uh, which is the Denver Broncos taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Five to four, the Broncos. Thirteen to twenty, the your Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, yes, <laughs> two point five is the spread, and it's thirty nine point five is the over under. I guess one of the things. It's worth mentioning about this game is that when the the tickets for the NFL go on sale, everyone always gives out about them. I wasn't able to get tickets this year to the Saints yeah. game. Um, well, I, by the time I got in, there was only single seats available. And as someone pointed out, you know, if we can't hold hands, it's not worth going. <laughs> so, um, uh, but I mean, you could still get. I'm pretty sure you could still get tickets for this and Broncos Jags game. And obviously, Wembley is bigger than the Spurs Stadium, but. Yeah. Is the appetite to go see the Broncos Jags, you know, there necessarily <laughs> for for a lot of people? Mike, John, I mean, Mike, I you're, you're so. in London. Are you going? Are you going? No, I, I've got a family thing. Um, I bet you and, do. Oh, sorry, <laughs> well, I wasn't. I wasn't working it. I'm not broadcasting it. So you know, when this came up, I said, "Yeah, okay, I can do that on the 30th." Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so nothing's nothing's really changed. Uh, um, it's not the most attractive game. It would be interesting to watch Jacksonville. Uh, you know, Jacksonville got rid of James Robinson for very little mm-hmm. in midweek, um, which means ATN, ATN or ETN is they as he calls it, um, is, is going to be the running back, you know, and, and, and they're, they're com- it they're sense. confident be, in that. And he's doing player. well. I, I think Denver's defense is the key here. I'm a little surprised that they're getting points, but, but obviously their offense is so dysfunctional. Um, yeah. 
Russ, I, I assume Russell will start, but, you know, I don't think London's going to be the place for him um, to break out. Jacksonville really should have beaten the Giants, but like, you know, it's kind of like Baltimore. The Giants find the Giants Baltimore would be a great, great game to see how Baltimore figured out how to lose to the Giants in the last ten minutes. The Giants find ways to win in the last in the last five or ten minutes. But but kind of like you know the Brown, everything went badly for the Jags on on um, until the last drive where the refs tried to keep them in the game and um, and and then failed by by a yard at the end. So. Um, I will point out last week I was 11 and three straight up, but one of the three I got wrong was Tampa Bay, which is well, one of the we reasons they were, why, yeah, I, I yeah, them as well. Why I'm, off, why I'm off on them, but I was sitting there watching the Giants who I had picked to win, you know, at, at Jacksonville and, and just really being convinced that, um, that the Jags were, were probably likely winners, winners there. And in the battle of coaches, Nathaniel Hackett versus Doug Peterson. I think Peterson's kind of like the older version of Nathaniel Hackett, but I think I'd go with Peterson and, and the Jags in this one. John, you, uh, very quickly, I know it's not one of the games that uh, we, we said we talked too much about, but obviously a lot of people listening will be going to the game. We yeah. don't need to bad mouth it too much. Like, I mean, we're not. Oh, it's still it's just, it's just it's NFL football like, in London. It's, it's, absolutely. It's, it's good I'm for an audience who don't get exposed to this very much, you know, but I do... I like it what Mike said. I wish that the uh, for the sake of the London fans that they just get some better games on the schedule. I I have no idea how they select the London games whatsoever, but uh, well, the Jags are basically the London team. Yeah, that's true. I suppose. <laughs> fill I in the rest as you go this along. Is the one that the computer <laughs> spat out this year, um, but yeah, listen, you know, you know, sometimes with these things, it's games that you don't expect to be good, or the ones that are fantastic yeah. and things like that. So yeah. it, you won't know until you know the game's over how good it was. That's that's the that's the honest truth, I suppose. But with this one, I can only really repeat what we've kind of cautioned about the previous London games in the past. Maybe it, it probably hasn't been so much of a factor this season now that I think about it, but. Sometimes these games can be tremendously one-sided. Some teams can travel better than others. Some teams can adjust to the time difference better than others. So it does make it quite a volatile betting market in that context. So I would, if I'm putting some money down on this one, uh, I would agree with Mike in the sense that I would want to see whether or not Russell Wilson is playing. So I'd hold off until you know the afternoon of the game before making any particular calls on this one. But just with these two teams, particularly with the Denver Broncos and how they've been performing, I, I think the under 39 and a half is probably the, the way to yeah. go because Denver are scoring. Oh, but, yeah. but, is, yeah. but is Denver getting like, they're averaging about 12 yeah. points a game, 15 points a game, something like that, I imagine. I, so I back the Jets in the under um, yeah. on Sunday night. Not a bad, yeah. Not, watch not a bad watch the Broncos continue to drive in the fourth quarter, seven points down going, if this game goes to overtime, I'm <laughs> yeah. so annoyed because the Jets should have had that wrapped up. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like how, with, how many with, games? How many games have the has London had between teams with winning records? Oh, I, I would say very little. Um, You're right. How zero? very little? One. Oh, one. The Giants and Packers. This this oh, this, this year, year. It was the, wow, it was it was the first, first time two teams with winning records had ever played in London. Someone, oh, wow. I suppose, someone, someone could point to the fact that those games are paid quite early in the season. They're probably like game week five, so you'd be. Oh yeah. A lot of them could be two and two, you know, I mean, yeah. but, but yeah, I get, I get the absolute point. Uh, that's the half one game. If you're going to enjoy, I know a lot of Denver Broncos fans actually, and I mentioned before, we do have a lot of Broncos fans to listen to the show. I know there's some sort of meetup as well happening um, uh, for, for Denver Broncos fans before the game. If going to that, have a wonderful They're always game. fun. The London yeah. games are always fun to go Absolutely. to, you know, regardless of what the game is uh, like, you know. We got a couple of games from the red zone, then we concentrate on the late games um, as well. Just to let you know, New York Giants top of the against the spread chart, six and one, along with America's team, the Atlanta Falcons, six and one. <laughs> Giants uh, uh, creeping up, uh, Dallas and Buffalo, five and two. Uh, Buffalo, four, one and one. Uh, Dallas and Jets, uh, Cincinnati, five and two. Interesting, four, one and one is ahead of five and two. Oh, it's an 80% cover as opposed to 74%. Yeah. Uh, still. Uh, yeah, I get where they're coming from with that. Um, Carolina, Denver, Jacksonville, New Orleans, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Uh, stay away <laughs> at the moment. At, at the moment for the spreads. 
uh, which brings us very, very nicely uh, to some of the games uh, from Red Zone. And Mike, we're going to start with you. Uh, your New England Patriots, which is technically correct, uh, are <laughs> heading to the Jets for the grudge game. Three to four about the Patriots. The Jets are 11 to 10, one and a half points of spread. 40.5 is the over under. I can I can remember to the Jets, the Patriots, when they were a good team, heading to the Jets around Halloween and getting beaten. So um, Matt this- Barkley. Yeah, this is a this is going to be a, a tough one. Mark Sanchez. Um, yeah, Bucks, the Jets are getting well, points. Well, it's interesting. The Jets are getting points at home. Yeah. A five and two team is getting points at home against the Patriots, who who just got rolled over by by the Bears. Um, you know, by which, the Bears is what you're meant to say, but anyway, who, we're okay. Who, the, who were what were the Bears? Eight and a half, nine and a half underdogs. Um, yep, depending on when you got them. I find this is kind of like the last gasp of the Belichick factor. You know, Bill's going to find a way to beat beat this team. I think the Jets' defense is better than the Patriots' defense, and I'm not sure that the Patriots' offense is that much better than the Jets. It's it's a bit better organized, but we don't even know who's going to play quarterback for the Patriots, um, or whether both both uh, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi are are going to. Um, are going to play. I was surprised that the Bears had shut down the Patriots run game. That, you know, that was a shocker. Um, almost as much as the Bears being able to run almost at will against the yeah. Patriots. Um, Zach Wilson's not Justin Fields in the sense of running ability. Um, and he's still, I think, a scattershot guy. They're trying to play him under control like the Giants do with Daniel Jones, but he really he really seems to be straining against that, you know, um, which is which is kind of like the the only thing that stops. But I think I go with the Jets here um, and take the points, even though the points don't mean anything. Uh, you know, one and a half is not great. You know, is is not a great. It, it tells me the bookies are thinking this is an even game, and they they want to they want to get the money off of New England because they know everyone's going to be thinking Bill Belichick's going to to handle this game. Okay. Um, John, I'm going to move on uh, because I know we're, we're, we're getting pressed here for time uh, because you want to chat about Raiders at Saints. Um, Las Vegas Raiders are three to four. The New Orleans Saints are 11 to 10. Again, it's the same spread, one and a half. A lot of close ones going to be this weekend by looks things. 49.5 is the over under. Raiders at Saints, what you got? Uh, I just this, I think it's an interesting game, uh, particularly given how they performed so far uh, to this point in the season. Two teams with two wins, and they've got no first round picks next year. So you wonder what the the Raiders. By the way, before you, the, as I said, I've said this before, the Raiders are the best team with a terrible record in the NFL right now. I think there's a couple of. I'd almost well. Would you? How would you feel about the Saints being in that same company? No, no, they they deserve to be two wins. The Raiders have genuinely been <laughs> just. I'm surprised by the record. If you watch them at all, they're actually quite good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they were good. They were very good last weekend. Yeah, no arguments there. Um, so let's see. How do you look at this game? I suppose. If you look, number, I'm quite interested uh, in how the Saints... The Saints have been an interesting franchise to me for the last several seasons for, for a bunch of reasons, obviously. Number one, you know, I really enjoyed Drew Brees and Sean Payton, them together. That's obviously gone, and the Saints are suffering as a franchise kind of ever since. There, there was always going to come a day where the sort of salary cap situation that Mickey Loomis, the GM, was able to play out there there, there was always going to become a time where they had to pay the piper and, and you know, live in the world of, of, that they, or make, sleep in, their, in the bed that they've made, I suppose, is the phrase. Because if you look at their, their team now, their best, their best pass rusher plays for the Bengals. That's Trey Hendrickson. Their best safety plays for the Eagles. You know, this is, they've, they've stripped away so many of their assets because of uh, cap management issues and, and as well as retirements with Breeze and things like this, that they're really, it's really starting to look like a dis- dysfunctional team there at the moment. And as well, Dennis Allen, the new head coach who stepped in after after Peyton, he was the former uh, defensive coordinator. But the thing is, their their defense just looks terrible at the moment. So that's, I, I, you know, that doesn't seem to be working there. Turan Matthew, who they picked up for, uh, on, a, on a free from um, Kansas City, just looks like he's there for a paycheck. Marcus May is not a good replacement either. So things are struggling there for them. But at the same time, like as, as Kieran, to your point, I suppose, about how you know, I, I take the point Las Vegas are better than the record suggests, but I think I still think that Josh McDaniels is struggling to put, a, you know, to implement his play style or his design onto this onto this offense or into this team as, as a whole. Like last Sunday's win against the Texans was promising, but two wins 
so far to this point of the season is, you know, whether or not you think they're promising or whether or not you think that they're better than the record suggests, it's still two wins. They're the same as every other two-win team in the league. And one of these teams is going to be coming out of this game, you know, when, when after the final play with a pretty disastrous two and six uh, record to this point of the season. And that's the stage of the season where you start to trade away assets. You got to, you, you know, both of these teams are going to need draft picks next year. So you're going to see them dropping some of their star players to a playoff contender who might want to pick up some of their better players, you know, that's, I think that's going to be a big question before next week's trade deadline for them as well. So with this particular game, if you're calling how it's going to go down, I think I, the Rangers offense looked good last year. I will always, you know, I'll always rate Devante Adams. You put him into any football game. I think there's a, that team will be capable of scoring points, but again, going to Dennis Allen's defense at New Orleans, they're allowing almost 29 points per game, which is just, you know, almost absurd. So for that reason, and almost that reason alone, I think the over 48 and a half is a uh, is a good one on this. I think that the it should be an entertaining game. Anyway, I'll tell you that much. That Who's playing good. quarterback for the Saints? That's a good question, I suppose. Do we do we know that yet? That's another thing to look at before. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, that's, we, I don't so think we do. Yeah. For for entertainment's sake, I hope it's Taysom Hill because I just love watching that guy play. <laughs> I'm glad I don't I don't follow or I don't support the team that he plays for because it'd be quite infuriating, but it's fun uh, when it works. I must, I must know as well, overnight, John, you probably wouldn't have seen it, but the Raiders have actually traded uh, defensive back Jonathan Hawkins to the Cowboys in exchange for draft pick compensation. So they are go. already making those moves. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Like um, that, these are the decisions. You're, we're going to see a lot of, not just from these two teams particularly, but obviously there's going to be trades before the trade deadline, but you're going to see playoff teams kind of strip away good players from lesser teams. Like you saw it with Christian McCaffrey already. Like mm. The Panthers got a, got a huge deal for him, I suppose, in terms of draft picks, but look for similar moves like that to be made by teams. Like I think the Bills are going to pick up running back. They might even go, I think my sneaky suspicion is the Bills pick up um, Kareem Hunt from the brands. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But uh, going back to this game, I think the over 48 and a half is the, is the best bet on this one. I think we're going to see some points. Nice. I'm always really surprised, by the way, when... I heard on the on the commentary team for the San Francisco game when Christian McCaffrey came in, they said, "Oh, the minute he got traded, he was on the plane and he asked to get the playbook so he could be all caught up when he got landed." I'm like, "Yeah, what else is he shouldn't he? Like, should, <laughs> what's he like? Isn't that the the most basic thing that you could do when you're on a flight for a couple? Not of Not if hours? you're Kyler Murray. They give a lot of credit for things that you'd be like, yeah, I, like if I was going for a job interview, I'd Google the company. I mean, I'd look into things. <laughs> um, by the way, also as well with Josh McDonald. Daniels, uh, here's what you do. Derek, if Devontae Adams is open, throw it to him. If he's not, give Josh Jacobs the ball. There and we go. wouldn't be two and five. Um, Mike, you want to come in on any of that game? How do you see it? No, season? I think, John, I, I, again, I'd wait and see who the quarterback is. Vegas yeah. is two and four, not two and five, but that's you know, beside the point. Two and five by, you know, Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next game uh, we want to look at is the San Francisco 49ers at the LA Rams. 20 to 23 about the 49ers. The Rams are 19 to 20. Guess what the spread is? One and a half points. And the over under <laughs> is 42.5. Um, John, again, this was one, one that you said that you were quite interested in. So let's start with you. Well, it's the second time these teams have played in the span of, I guess, about three or four weeks. Um, the previous one, which I think was, yeah, so through October 4th was the last game that, that these two teams played. Don't make me do the maths on October 4th. You, come on, you can, you can add the link here and we'll, I'll talk in the next minute. You three weeks ago. <laughs> Pretty yeah, sure. so, and I think I actually picked that game to discuss in, in that show as well. But um, yeah, the 49ers made relatively easy work last time around of, of the Rams. It was 24 points to nine in that particular game. But at the same time, what I want to see is how does losing, you know, conceding 44 points to the Chiefs impact the, the 49ers season this year? Is that an anomaly against just sometimes happens for to teams against Patrick Mahomes? Or is this, you know, the sign that the, the 49ers are struggling a little bit? Uh, they arguably have the best defense in the league, which is why that points total kind of surprised me. But then again, I will stress the fact that with Patrick Mahomes, sometimes you just have to, you know, accept these things. It's just how it's going to be against a quarterback of his caliber. Now, the Rams are coming to this one off a of bye, uh, but they really need a kickstart to their season after uh, going three and three to this point in the in the year. Um, you know, how much do we make about coming off a of bye? Because do, do we feel sometimes it can come at a good point of a season and sometimes it can come at a bad point of a season where it stifles momentum. I think this is the situation where this might be a very beneficial bye for, for Sean McVay's team. Um, they still, you know, 
how do you feel about Christian McCaffrey is an interesting one as well. We, we, I discussed him a second ago. Both of these teams, if you're to read the um, the speculation during the week, both of these teams put in pretty big offers for him. And obviously it was uh, it was San Francisco who got the job done. So I think, you know, just in terms of entertainment standpoint, I don't know. I don't have a horse in this race in terms of who I want wants to win. But I think the addition of McCaffrey makes this a more intriguing watch on television on Sunday. So uh, uh, I think you think thinking over. I think, well... It's hard to what's the over under in this because I was actually just 40, it was 42 and a half. Yeah, it's 42 yeah, that's, and a half. Yeah. That, that is something that could really affect the over under in this one. Again, I will stress the fact that the last one would have hit the under on this one, the 24 9, I suppose. But you know, with McCaffrey in there, it might be a lot to expect him. You know, maybe he's up on the, the play the playbook by now. He's had enough time on public transport to get the playbook in there. Um, I think the smart money is on is on the 49ers here for a bounce back win after getting handled by the, the Chiefs last weekend. But at okay. the same at the same time, I think uh, yeah, it'll all a lot will depend on Stafford getting up to speed. He hasn't been good this season. But I'm gonna yeah, go for uh, 49ers on the money line is my bet on this one, actually. I, I think I think over is probably a good bet here the problem with the 49ers is that even based on from the the rams game is that that defense which is supposed to be really good is just crippled by injuries and yeah, and, and there are a lot of weak points around it if if trade greenlaw doesn't play you know then they're down to only one of their starting linebackers uh, the secondary is not very good actually to um Chavarius Ward you know wasn't great and the other Ward is playing with a cast on his hand which is somewhat of a you know unless you're a boxer is kind of some somewhat of a, a detriment um so so that to me is why I like the over I, I think the Rams are going to be able to score and, and what you saw from the Niners McCaffrey will make a difference, but not that much of a difference because the same basic problem applies. If they're having to play from behind and Jimmy G's got to play a drop back kind of passing game, they're in trouble. Um, and he makes a couple of mistakes a game. He, he, he took, you know, stupid couple of silly plays um, in that game. So yeah, I like the over best in this. Um, I, I, I kind of would like to agree with John and, and, and take the Niners. Um, if you're going to take the Niners, I'd I'd take them on the money line because the point and a half, you know, yeah, doesn't, doesn't make, make that much that easy. much yeah. much of a difference. Yeah, I often would kind of like to agree with John as well, but uh, <laughs> it's difficult sometimes. It is. Yeah, it's no, difficult. no one likes when I'm right. It's not easy. Uh, <laughs> as we established at the top of the show, uh, old people suck and are bad at football. But one of old quarterback rolls into Buffalo to face the Bills. That's Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers seven to two about the Green Bay Packers. The Bills are one to five. Um, yeah, I actually read a bit about this during the week. Some some people are quite surprised at how high this handicap is. Um, and it's got higher because I believe it opened around 7.5 last Sunday. It's now it, 10 and a half. Yeah. So yeah. Um, are we surprised at how high that is, Mike? Not really, um, because the Bills are a really good defensive yeah. team. It's not going to give them a whole lot. And, you know, it's very easy to see Aaron Rodgers getting frustrated early with, you know, if he tries to beat them deep, which is the sort of one thing that they're very good at. You know, they're one they, they have changed up. I mean, last look, Leslie Frazier went all man, you know, after because the Bills are basically a zone team and always have been uh, under Sean McDermott. And they do it very well. Um, I think they go back to that against the Packers and I think they constrain them quite a bit. Um, 10 and a half is a big, it's a big spread. I mean, it's, it's always a tough one to beat because you, you fear, you fear the bills taking their foot off the pedal if they, if they do jump off to a big lead. Um, but you know, absent, absent a big turnover score for the Packers, which is what, you know, they had one and they had a second one wiped out by a, a ticky tacky kind of, I mean, it was, it was an okay call, but but, you know, absent those kind of plays against the Bills, I, I can't see them keeping it that tight. Um, and even even to me, by the same logic, the, the over-under at 47 and a half is still tricky because if the Bills play well, the Packers aren't going to score a whole lot. But then if they take their foot off the pedal, Rodgers would be very good, you know, in garbage time still at, at trying to make something happen. So, um, you know, I, I like Buffalo to win this straight up. I think that's easy. But um, uh, if you had to go, you'd probably give Green Bay the points and see what happens. 
Yeah. John, you're going to take us home uh, for Monday Night Football. Bengals at Browns. One to two Bengals. Eight to five to Cleveland Browns. Three and a half points to spread over under 47.5. Um, John, is the, is the season over for the Browns? Or can they still make the playoffs? Well, I mean, the, the most optimistic viewpoint you could say about the Browns season right now is that it's hanging by a thread. Like, that's, I don't think you can say anything. Snip, more. snip, Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah. Spider Man. Yeah, this is a, uh, it's unfortunate for all of us Browns fans out there. This hasn't gone, the, the, the Jacoby Brissett era hasn't gone as planned <laughs> so far. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as as we inch forward towards the Deshaun Watson era, which presents its own issues and its own problems. Um, but if there's one thing I've learned this year, it's don't back the brands. You know, they're not uh, an efficient football team. I still, you know, they still very much have the capability to win games. And again, barring the Patriots, where they got, you know, they got washed by New England uh, the weekend just gone, or like last weekend, I should say. The bar every other loss that they've had this season has been by around two or three points, you know. So they stay in there up until the death. You know, they've they've lost, you know, two of the games they've lost have they've had the they've had an opportunity to either tie the game or to win the game with the last kick of the game, like a field goal at the at the death, and that hasn't worked for them. It did work for them in game one against uh, against the Panthers. So imagine if if Cade York missed that kick in in week one, the Browns would be a, a they'd be a one win team at this point of the season, which it would be obviously worse than a two win team by half. Um, so that's the analytics exactly you know i, I had to crunch <laughs> the you. numbers on that one kieran but i i've got the i've got the, I've got the facts here to prove it you could um, work for denver <laughs> yeah exactly uh you know this is a it's a division rivalry game so we whenever that happens you kind of sometimes form uh goes out the window a little bit and you know you just go down to how well these two teams know each other and how well you know these these coaches will be intimately familiar with each other and how they the play styles and the playbooks to a certain extent i suppose as well so again this wouldn't be the same as two teams from outside of the same division playing and as well as that the brands traditionally play relatively well against cincinnati uh they just I, for some reason the last two or three years they just seem to have their number even the the Bengals Super Bowl run last year. I think the Browns at one stage put forty something points on them, so it, it, it's there for the like the Browns need something to happen. There needs to be some sort of sign of life from that franchise, from that team. Like you're not going to get you're going to get Jacoby in there as the as a decent game manager. Amari Cooper is a very dependable receiver, but he's not going to you know he's not going to put up a hundred fifty yard game. He's just going to catch the ball at you know at clutch situations as they say in the states. So the the factors are there. I'm not going to say, I think the Browns can win, but I'm not confident in it happening. Uh, so I think the over 47 is, is the way to go here. The Browns are putting up a lot of points in their games. And the fact that they're only losing by a handful means their opposition are putting up a bunch of points in the game on the games as well. So I think over 47 is the smart move here. But as for who wins, God knows. Okay. Okay. We leave it there for the games. Uh, while you guys think about your <laughs> is, best Is best. Chase playing? That's the other... Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, that, I mean, that'll that, be that, something else to look at on Sunday. I, I, yeah, to me, that that's a real that's a real um, tilter, you know, needle, yeah. needle tilter in that game. If Chase doesn't play, I think the Browns and the points might might be a, um, a feasible bet. Yeah, exactly. And just we, I suppose, a, a word of advice to anyone listening to this as well, like barring the Thursday night game, Wednesday probably isn't the sort of the the time to to make yeah. your moves. You know, yeah. wait to wait to see what happens in the weekend because there's a lot can change between now and uh, Sunday morning. Okay, I, and I think the barometer is, is heading towards him playing at the moment. At the moment, that's what I. I that's see good. And, yeah. But in that um, case, so I like Cincinnati a lot more. <laughs> um, a reminder, of course, uh, as the lads are doing their best bets, to check out the Betfair web website um, over the course of the weekend for a huge amount of offers. Lots of promotions happening there at the moment. Uh, there'll be a couple of odds boosts on all the NFL games as well. If you want to get involved, they usually go up Saturday evening, Sunday morning. So do check that out. Uh, there's a couple of promos at the weekend as well. Um, bet 10, get 10. Uh, on the racing multiples, which uh, you'll see the terms and conditions as well if you click on the description page here uh, when you're listening to this pod. So lots to look at um, and always worth checking out Sportsbook and the exchange over the weekend, but especially Sportsbook these days, some really good good options. And and if you are sitting down and watching an NFL game, do check out all the NFL specials as well. We've given you the rundown of what we think will happen. Uh, but do check it out for yourself as well. And as always, do check out betting.betfair.com as well, where you'll see lots of NFL previews written by some of our best writers. Um, 
who would like to put now? My best bet didn't win last weekend, so that's why well, did mine. Song and dance. So, although I have to say, I, I, when when you're listening to this segment of the show, folks, <laughs> listen carefully to the deliberations, <laughs> because last last week I was sitting there torn between Cleveland and Baltimore going under forty six five, and Cincinnati and Atlanta going under forty seven five, and I got greedy and took Cincinnati Atlanta because you get an extra point. And as it turned out, <laughs> yeah, they had they were one point off the over under at halftime, <laughs> and then as soon and as then as soon as they went over, they stopped playing. <laughs> but but uh, Cleveland and Baltimore duly delivered the under. So well, so it's I, the I, one you I, call, Mike. It's the one. It's the one you call. So, yeah. Yeah. Makes so me think, like, John. You won. Did you? Did you? I win? won. Yeah, I picked the over in the um, Chargers and Seahawks game, which was what thirty seven twenty. Okay, well, we let you go first then. Yeah. Uh, so also, this... you're a kind of a moany bitch when it comes to this. If someone else goes first, <laughs> so let's let's let you crack on. Well, I mean, I've won three in a row now, Kieran. I'm the hot hand. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my the one I'm picking this week is it's not the sexiest game on the schedule, but it's the uh, it's it's the one in which the only undefeated team in the league is playing. That's the Philadelphia Eagles, who are welcoming the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. The handicap is a big one, at least as of yesterday evening. It was minus ten and, and a half. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm back in the Eagles here to win with the minus ten and a half. I think the. Uh, Steelers have oh, been spread. Oh, that's, a, yeah, that's good. That's I good. Think, I think that's a good one. Now, a lot of, some of that is is the Eagles and how the offense is working. I think I've been very impressed with them this year. But the Steelers, I think, are trending to be among the worst teams in the NFL this season. And they, you know, if you look at their at their results this year, they've gotten handled by a bunch of teams, so they can easily lose this game by you know quite a lot more than ten and a half points, I'd say. But ten and a half, I'll stick to. Let's go. I'll have the Eagles by. I'll give the, I'd say they'll win by two touchdowns at this one. Okay, Mike, I'm going to come to you for the next one. Okay. Um, I think, I think uh, the, the 50.5 over under in Miami, Detroit is a reflection of teams thinking Miami's an offensive powerhouse, which they're not. And that Detroit is the Detroit of the first four games of the season. In the last two, they've scored six points. Combined, so I'm going on. Totally. I'm going under in this one. Um, now, you know, the possibility always exists that Goff could hit one or two big plays, but his big play guys aren't aren't there. Uh, you know, and maybe Swift is. You know, I don't think Swift's going to be back, but but maybe Saint Saint Brown is back at full full strength. But uh, Tua could always hit. Hill for you know a big play and Waddle for a big play, but he hasn't been able to really do that at the same time. Um, their offense is really under twenty points a game when you look at you know when you look at the scores and take away the defensive scores from from them. Um, so I'm pretty confident in this one going under fifty and a half. Um, I like that a lot. Okay, uh, I was uh, torn between two. Um, and since you guys already said, I might as well say uh, I'm torn between the Seahawks minus three at home to the Giants, which obviously a field goal would mean it's a push, which would be good. But I'm going to go one of the games we've actually covered, which is the Patriots at the Jets. And I am surprised to see the Jets uh, being able to back the Jets uh, on the money line at odds against. I, they are 11 to 10 to beat the Patriots at home. And I'm going to take that because that is pretty sweet considering the record of both teams at the moment. So 11 to 10 about the New York Jets at home. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen, mainly gentlemen. Let's I like on. Seattle too. I like Seattle. I, I'd too, give yeah. the three. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that I think that could be an interesting one. Yeah, at the weekend. Yeah. Um, John, thank you for joining us. You're looking at the window right now. Yeah. And yeah, just stick, stay in the room, John. Stay in the room. At the end of the show. <laughs> There's like a motorbike procession going on outside my house. It's very interesting. <laughs> stay in the room. <laughs> the ice the ice cream van that takes bets on Brown's game. Just completely <laughs> out of shot. He's completely out of shot there. He's like looking at the window. Uh, Mike Carlson, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you guys. And thank you for listening. A reminder to please gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend. And we hope you really enjoy the NFL. If you're heading along to the Broncos game in Jacksonville, Jaguars, I'll say a prayer for you. But hopefully it'll be a good game. I do think um, it's always good to get to a game. And a reminder, of course, the games kick off at five o'clock um, of the Sunday games and then half eight. So uh, a little bit earlier into the bed for all of us uh, this weekend. Oh, Thanks yes. again for listening. Uh, we'll speak to you next weekend. Bye for now.